Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me Natasha Welch. I met her actually at an event in Montana, I want to say about three weeks ago now. Um, she got on stage, lights out, brought a ton of value. But Natasha, for my guests that don't, for my guests, for my listeners that haven't heard of you, tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, and what you do. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm super stoked to, to chat with you. Um, so I'm Natasha. <laughs> I live in Western Canada and I am a mom to my son who's seven and my two stepchildren who are 10 and 13 and my husband and my brand new three-week-old, well, my three-week, he's 13-week-old puppy, uh-huh. but we've had him for three weeks. Um, but I'm a physical therapist um, and I truly focus my career on helping two, twofold. I help people recover from concussion. I'm on a mission to change the conversation and the narrative around concussion in this world because it's terrible. Um, So I help people rehab from their concussion, but I also am stepping into the space of actually educating, supporting, and mentoring healthcare clinicians on how to be kick-ass concussion clinicians. And then like how we met, I love speaking on anything brain health and brain related. And I teach, tell all my concussion clients that the things I teach them are, can, will be their superpower for like health and optimization when they get through this journey. So for us, it's an amazing tool too. So I will blab your ear off about any of those things anytime. No, that's awesome. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Like I heard part of your story when we were up there. Um, so I guess my first question would be this, because you do with people with concussions and stuff. How would like say business owners who deal with stuff, is there certain techniques that you teach in the concussion realms that you get like entrepreneurs or business people could use, or I know that's a pretty vague question. It's a huge question, but that's okay. Um, And that's kind of what we dipped into a little bit in Montana. So I think working with the concussion client, what it opened up to me were were all these, these tools and these skills that I would teach them, whether it was to help their brain heal in terms of regulating their nervous system or calming the nervous system, or, you know, learning how to set boundaries for themselves so that they can recover and heal all these different things are tools that we should be using every day in our life anyways and so in Montana I had introduced this concept of I called like the wheel of clarity Mm -hmm. because we all get stuck as entrepreneurs either in the hustle and grind or this like foggy state of not knowing what the next step is and so I created this wheel of clarity that was literally pulled from the work I did with my concussions that for an entrepreneur, here's your foundation. Here's the things that you need to work through to have like groundedness and clarity in your life so you can go kick ass in your business. No, that makes sense. That does. So let's let's go a little bit deeper there because I know a lot mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs are listening to this. It's 150K podcast. A lot of people are just starting out with their business, just trying to get a feel for it. And maybe they're in that stage where they don't have a clue, like they, they have a fuzzy dream and they're moving toward it. Mm-hmm. What would be some good practices that they could start to do now to move them in the right direction? Uh, I totally get that spot. <laughs> we've all been there several times to be honest Um, and I feel like when you're in this beginning stage and you're just starting to get stuff going and when you when you're in that space we tend to automatically jump to well how am I going to do this what how am I going to support this we go to the we go to the detail we go to like what platform am I going to use how much am I going to charge and if that's truly where your brain is starting you're asking yourself the wrong questions because when we can work through some of these other pieces, and I'll say what they are, um, that how piece 
it really does unfold on its own in a really beautiful way. Um, and so I talk to everyone, like your health is so important. And I talk about this concept of the autonomic nervous system and how it will actually impact your ability for creative thought and for growth. And so the autonomic nervous system is, it operates on its own, <laughs> um, but truly it's influenced by the words we tell ourselves, by the food we eat, by the actions we take, by the environments we live in. And your autonomic nervous system has these two parts. And so the sympathetic, which is our fight or flight. So if you're living in a place of, you know, constant stress, always worrying, creating these narratives about, I can't do this because, or if I do this and this fails and you go on this whirlwind, you're living in this space of like heightened sympathetic state. And when you're there, that is a place that does not allow for rest. It is a place that does not allow for for calm. It is a place that does not allow for health and healing, and it doesn't allow for creativity. And when you think of when you're trying to grow a business, we need those four things, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. The, the opposite of that is our parasympathetic, which is our like our rest and digest. Our heart rate calms down. Our hands are nice and warm. Our skin's dry, all those lovely things. Um, we need to have a balance of these two things. So what I talk about for concussion clients and entrepreneurs is if you are constantly living in this state of stress, the first thing you need to do is create opportunities for yourself every single day that shift you into that opposite space. This is where things like a daily breath practice mm -hmm. is so powerful. Our breath is the simplest tool we have and one of the most effective to be that switch from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic state. No one can tell me they can't spare five minutes to breathe. Yeah. But we think we can't. Right, right. Because we right? get caught up in everything. We get caught up. <laughs> Absolutely. So that is one piece is just like creating. If ref, first of all, wrecking, am I, am I always feeling, and I was this, I was this person 100%, like the go, 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 like the catastrophizing thoughts, the like, hello, like I'm speaking, like that was me. <laughs> and when I, and I thought I needed to do this certain thing in a certain way. And I was kind of spiraling to be honest. And, and then literally in the last, I'm going to say year, year and a half is when it's like, okay, hold on, use the skills, you know, I also had a really fat George as my mentor, who's fabulous at this too. And I started creating myself space mm -hmm. and I started putting weight on breath. And cold water showers is another way too. So all the cold plunges and cold baths, all that stuff. Um, but I started prioritizing those things in my life and the swirliness started to dissipate. There's other tools too, but like the fog wasn't as foggy. And the ideas that I was stressing myself out to create the how, mm -hmm. then the ideas just started coming. Yeah. And now they don't bloody stop. Like I have step one, two, three, four, five, and 20 planned. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. And, and I think, um, cause like I started my journey on the entrepreneurial side in May of this year, before that I've been in sales for a long time. So I'm still at the beginning of it, but I was getting caught up in that grind culture. I'm coming from a sales background and then I meet your mentor, my mentor, George. And it's like, Oh no, slow down, go for a walk, take a breath, sit and stare at a tree. I did that. And at first like, this is stupid in my mind, you know, I'm just going through that whole totally process. Get it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And it just, I relaxed and it like, mm -hmm. it clicked. And then the stuff that I would start thinking about, 
and then I would come back to him like, okay, wait a minute, this is working. But I think it's because in business and in sales and in all of this, it's that you have to hustle all the time. The reality is you have to be present, figure out what you want to do, and then you can move forward because you're present. Um, I do like the cold plunge. I did that in Montana. That was crazy. We were in the water for five minutes. I'm still not doing the cold showers. I should. I just, it's that cold part I don't like. The breath work and you know, stuff I'm working, I don't like do you know how you, uh, Do you know how you ease into the cold showers? Because I can't do a cold, cold shower. So you have your regular warm shower. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're going to couple the cold. So here's, here's what I did wrong the first time I tried to do it. I was like, okay, warm shower. Okay, cold. Holy frick, I'm freezing and I'm shivering. Don't do it that way. Yeah. So warm shower, your usual shower. And then at the end of your shower, position yourself under the water, put your hands and your forehead against the shower wall. Okay. And then slowly start to decrease the temperature. And as you're decreasing that temperature, you're grounding your body to the wall and to the floor and you are breathing. So you're literally, you're pulling in grounding, you're pulling in breath. And then that piece makes that transition of warm to cold so tolerable. And then you start by doing that for 30 seconds and then it becomes 45 and then it becomes a minute, but that's how you can start to do it. So you're not shocking your, so this is the whole thing. You're not shocking your nervous system. Yeah. You're grounding and using breath to help shift the nervous system. Yeah. Cause in Montana, when we jumped in the water, it was shocking yeah. the system, but um, I think it was Jake. He's like, just breathe. And he made just me do breathe. kind of what you said, breathe. And once I breathed and uh, it just, it finally clicked. And once it clicked, mm-hmm. that was good. But it's getting yeah. past that initial. And I think that's, yeah, that was, that was interesting. There, I never used to be able to do that stuff. And so I literally, so my happy place, my place of stillness is the lake, always the lake in the mountains. Um, and I literally have a lake that's two minutes outside of my front door. Nice. So on the backside of the lake, there's this water runoff stream. Um, and for the longest time I like walk right by it because cold water and me don't get along. I don't swim. Like I love being on the water. I don't love being in the water. Gotcha. But the last several times I've walked around the lake, I've been so pulled to this. It's like a mini river Creek probably is what you would call it. (laughs) Um, and I've like taken off my socks and shoes, rolled up my pants and I just go stand in it Mm -hmm. and it's ice cold, but it's exactly what my body is telling me I need. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that's the other thing too with entrepreneurs is especially when you get stuck in that hustle and grind, we stop listening to ourselves. We stop listening to the signals our body is trying to send us. And what you probably noticed in this last year too, is like when you give yourself that space, when you give yourself that calm, when you give yourself that time to breathe, you start to tap back in to the things your body's trying to tell you Mm -hmm. and you freaking listen to it. Yeah. You don't just shove it down and keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, what I found that's worked best for me because I live in DFW. So there's not nature around me. There's a little park by me. I can go to DFW, Dallas, Fort Worth area. Got it. So Dallas, Fort Worth, it's a big city. Um, I will go on a walk, even through our neighborhood, because mm-hmm. there's trees, there's different stuff. And I would tell myself, you're not touching your phone for the first 15 minutes. Because what I used to do is I'd go on a walk and then you'll see me do a live. And I still do lives and I like doing that. I, I think well when I walk, but I'm starting to make it to where, no, I can do this for me. 
it's okay because again, that whole, I want to fix everything, get stuff done. Mm -hmm. But if you don't slow down, you're going to burn out. And I've seen so many people that they try so hard and they just burn out. So we've talked about a few things. We talked about cold water therapy, taking a breath and being present in the moment. What other things, are there any other tools you would suggest before we move on to like a new topic or anything to like- There's tons. Um, So the other, so when I think of like this wheel I built too, there's a section of the wheel and we can talk about as much or as little of this as you like. There's this section of the wheel I call your entrepreneurial reflexes. So in the concussion space, you re- like these reflexes are what I would call your neural reflexes. So they're the ones that basically process your environment to respond so that you know where you are in space so that you can function. Mm-hmm. Short answer. Your entrepreneurial reflexes to me are the things like these are your habits. So these are things like your sleep. These are things like movement. This is your mindset. This is your nutrition mm-hmm. because if these things, if you have them so dialed in, they become like automatic routine. You don't have to give it extra conscious thought. You don't have to be like, oh crap. Like I need to figure out my macros today. Oh no. I have to convince myself to eat healthy. Yeah. Oh no, I can't do that. Right. So as soon as you don't have to waste that brain power to convince yourself to have these amazing like entrepreneurial habits or reflexes, it frees up that brain space for creativity, for growth, Mm -hmm. for excitement, for spontaneity, right? So when we look at those entrepreneurial reflexes, like the key ones, sleep, if you're not sleep, if you are still stuck in the, I'm going to sacrifice my sleep to build my business, stop. Yeah. Like you so much so much happens in our sleep from the replenishment of neurotransmitters in our brain to the healing of tissues to that's where memory and learning consolidation actually happens. Like there's a reason sleep deprivation was used as a torture, mm-hmm. right? So like if you, I would say sleep 100%, if that's something that you struggle with in your life, fix it. How much sleep should you have? Like, is there like a, yeah. I've heard like six to eight. I normally do seven to eight hours a day. I would say most of the stuff that I read, sleep is a seven to nine hours for adults a day. Yeah. And a sleep cycle for most people. So sleep has an architecture, right? So we have like stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, and REM. So REM is when we dream. <laughs> um, stage one is that light sleep. And then all that healing and the memory consolidation, those are in your deep stages of sleep. So here's the thing I get a lot of people always be like, well, I take a sleeping pill. I will share my thoughts on sleeping pills. Um, So we want seven to nine hours quality out, ideally quality hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. And the average sleep cycle, which means you've moved through, because we we move through phase one, two, three, four REM, and then we move through these, these stages throughout the night. The average sleep cycle is 90 minutes. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So if you are someone that say you need to take a nap for whatever reason, you want to either take a short nap before you reach those deep layers, or you better make sure it's at least an hour and a half to two hours. So you're getting through a full cycle, because if you wake yourself up out of those deep stages, you're going to be groggy as all heck. That makes sense. 
Like if right? I take a Sunday afternoon nap, I thought about before. There's been some Sunday afternoons, whatever, and I say Sunday afternoons where I'll fall asleep and I'm like, I slept for two hours. Why did I sleep for two hours? Or it'd be like, you sleep for 45 minutes. Like, wait a minute, this, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Right? And so a lot of people, like I have nothing against sleeping pills, but a lot of people that struggle, so much of the world struggles with sleep, especially like in North America. Um, and in the concussion population, up to 70% of people struggle with sleep after a concussion. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So it's a big deal. And so a lot of people will then say like, well, they take sleep medication. Um, sleep medication in any way, shape or form is one of those things that you want to use ideally, ideally are being used as a reset to help you get back onto a sleep pattern because sleep medication impacts and affects how you're going to move through that sleep architecture. Yeah. Um, it might limit you from actually getting into REM sleep at all. Right. So there's, and different medications do different things. Um, but sleep as an entrepreneur, like gone are the days of like, I'm going to pull an all nighter to like bust this thing out. I'm going to hustle and grind and only get four hours a night of sleep. Like that is, that is not something to brag about. Right. No, I agree. hundred percent. I agree. I found, yeah. cause you had mentioned this because you mentioned sleep and you also mentioned nutrition and exercise. And I know those are the three big things. So like when mm -hmm. I did 75 hard this summer and all, and I had that all dialed in, it was great. I'd be tired. I'd go to sleep. I do my food right, had everything right. And then I noticed once I'm off it now, falling back into some of the old pads, like, why am I tired? Why is this happening? And it's not that I have to be as strict as that program was, but I need to have those, like you said, boundaries set up. Or if I'm going to have a drink one night or if I'm going to do, okay, cool. I'm choosing to do this, but no, it's going to affect me. Um, but yeah, I think nutrition and working out, like for me, I have to work out. If I don't work out, I'm grumpy. I can't focus. It makes me just annoyed. Um, and it might even be like 30 minutes. Like I might use a heavy bag. I might lift whatever. It's just something that, that 20 I to 30 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have anxiety and PTSD. So for me, if I let myself fall into a rut of not moving my body consistently, I feel it. And I am ill. I'm lethargic. I'm bitchy as all heck, right? Like people are always looking for the, like, I think as a society, people are looking for the magic pill. What's yeah. the magic bullet? What's the, what's the thing I can do? Exercise. Yeah, <laughs> exercise, <it> <laughs> exercise helps with decreases your risk of dementia. Exercise decreases your risk of heart disease and diabetes. Exercise decreases your risk of heart attack. Exercise de increases your cognitive capacity. It increases your strength. It increases your breath and oxygen. Exercise. <laughs> it's one thing that I think many Americans for sure, and I'm sure maybe possibly in Canada as well, neglect. Other oh, 100%. Like, they just don't do it. And it's like, and I, I did it for years. Like I went, I went on my whole fitness journey. My wife got fit first and then uh, we went to Disney and I was, I'm like 185 now, right? Which is a good okay. weight for me. I was 210 walking around Disney. I was, I'm just gonna say for me, I was fat. I was lit. It hurt. I was upset, grumpy, whatever. Um, and I went to and looked in the picture and said, holy crap, who's the fat man? So I ended up going on that journey. And now I'm, I mean, if I really got super dialed down, I could get about around 170, but I feel good about 185. But I think it's just finding that right spot for you and just keeping Agreed. what you need. You don't have to be, and we're not talking about being bodybuilders. If you want to, that's great. I don't care. That's you, not me. But just, you know, having those routines in your life. I agree 100% with all of that. Cool. Yeah. So we talked about nutrition. Do you have certain diets? Because I know 
and I always call food, food protocols because I don't like the term diet because it has a bad mm-hmm. connotation in my mind. So I would always just say I'd go down to food protocol. I don't know. It just there, made more sense to me. You know, I I don't I don't love the word. I, I a I don't like the word diet. Um, even protocol sounds very medical to me. Um, but it's to whatever resonates with each other. The biggest thing for food for me is it needs to be something you can sustain for a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's tons of stuff. So you see like, there's, are we paleo? Are we keto? Are we, do we do a Mediterranean diet? Are we goodness gracious? Like it never, like there's so many different things. My general thing is it's something that you need to, a, you need to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. it needs to make you happy. It needs to be sustainable for your life. That doesn't drain your brain power. Like we talked about earlier. Yeah. And so for me, it's usually like, what's a, what's a healthy whole food diet with as minimum process, which is with as minimal processed foods as possible, limit your sugar. And then in terms of some of those other things, like you see a ton of stuff, like limit the dairy, limit the gluten. Um, I love pastries. They are my weakness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think when it comes to that side of things, I mean, yeah, like we did, so we did a whole 30 elimination diet a while ago to truly kind of understand more about what, and then we reintroduced every food group mm-hmm. to have an understanding of how it, of how I, my body personally responded to certain things. Um, I don't do well with dairy and I don't do well with gluten. Dairy gives me a lot of headaches, um, and gluten makes me feel lethargic and gross, yeah. but my husband had no issues with dairy. Mm-hmm. He felt fine. Right. And so I think it comes back to as a general rule of thumb, and actually um, it might've been Mark Hyman just did a post on his social about this yesterday of like his version of the food pyramid. And I loved it. I think it was brilliant. Um, You know, you should have a plate of solid protein and like rich and like really bright colored, like vegetables and like carbs and limit the things like the grains and the, that piece, but, and then limit the process, all the processed food, yeah. um, but sustainability and don't people, I feel like get so stuck in this place of like, I had a piece of cake. I'm the world's first person make a conscious choice mm-hmm. and then enjoy it Yeah, and then move on. And I think that's like with anything, like you said, like, if you're going to have a drink, make the choice that you're going to have a drink and then enjoy it because if you make the choice and then you don't enjoy it what was the point in making that choice right right so yeah no because we do that like we do a lot of non-processed stuff so like my daughter couldn't do a lot of gluten for a while uh gluten affects my wife i can eat gluten all day long uh, but other stuff is just find out what works good for you and we just try mm-hmm. to stay away from anything processed so we go to like to a local butcher we try to eat more vegetables and fruits and different stuff. And then on the weekend, maybe we'll get a pizza, but we know during the week we're being good. So I, I, I shouldn't even say being good, but you know, I'm trying to stay within that boundary I know what you mean. so that I can get to the point where when I make the choice, I can enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we always talk about, I think for, especially when I, when I say that I talk about brain health too, it's like, there's always, there's the fundamental things we have to have in check. And then, yeah, we can use brain optimization tools, right? So like fundamentally, you need to understand like, you know, how is the healthier nervous system? And then in Montana, this is where I introduced and talked about like heart rate variability and the amount of devices that we can use today to measure that. Like I was actually just searching the aura ring for myself yesterday. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh. um, and then like some of the tools that I shared with you guys in Montana, 
And just to have a picture of like, what is my autonomic health looking at? Because the things that affect that on autonomic health is everything you and I have just talked about in this call as well. Yeah. So it's, you know, having an understanding of like, what is like, what is my resting pulse? Like, where's my starting point? And then, you know, looking at, I always say like looking at your environment and how it's influencing yourself, looking at the people you surround yourself with in your community and how it's influencing you. Do you need to make changes there or not? Mm-hmm. Um, exploring this concept we talked about in, in the wheel too, and in Montana, like survival beliefs, which are these beliefs you have that when we were younger, yeah, may have helped you like kind of stay alive in the world, but those beliefs aren't serving you anymore. And so how do you move beyond those other so limiting beliefs is how they're also referred to. How do you move beyond those beliefs? Because those beliefs and the words you tell yourself are also going to affect, impact your nervous system, but they're also going to impact your ability to grow and reach the dreams you really want to dream. And let's, okay. go, let's go there a little bit, because I think sure. a lot of people run into that problem. Like, um, and, and I make this joke, and it really is true. We moved a thousand miles away and we love our families. So don't take this wrong, but from our family, from the box that they put us in, not knowing it's just, you're there. This is how you've always been. So we re- literally moved away so we could become who we're supposed to be. And then just okay. limiting self-beliefs and all that stuff. Um, like, I think a lot of people, especially where I grew up in the Midwest, dealt with, like guys will always cut each other down because that's if you like when you would just do that. And how do you, so how do you shift from the negative that people can fall into, into the positive? Or into that, the better. Yeah. I mean, I step one is being able to identify what your limiting beliefs are. Mm-hmm. And that can be tough, right? And so for me, like that came about in a few different ways. Um, and it's still coming about today, to be honest. Like, you know, I think as you grow too, and as you step into a new evolution of yourself and you challenge yourself more, it like there's a look, there's something new sort of thing, right? Like it never stops. Um, for me, where I really actually started to identify some of the limiting beliefs of myself that were absolutely holding me back um, was through hypnotherapy. Um, and obviously taking me back to, you know, they say that a lot of these limiting beliefs are rooted in our childhood. Mm-hmm. And which is why I say, which is why I kind of call them survival beliefs, because as a child, yeah, that might have been what we thought like really kept us surviving at that point in time. Yeah. But then unfortunately, it's come with us and reproduced itself in these different plays and these different acts of our life. Right. Um, the biggest thing is, and and it's hard. So to me, this is where mentors, 100% mentors have come into play in my life for sure. One being, it's one thing to be able to identify it on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you can't identify it on, this is again, where I think, so hypnotherapy has been really powerful in helping me identify my learning beliefs, but also the community that I surround myself by. Because when I, when I have that close knit community, like when you have a mastermind or you have a mentor, you have a a close group of friends um, and you have a level of a relationship where they feel comfortable to call you on your shit. Yeah. That if you keep, because unfortunately when we're in it, sometimes we just don't see it. Right. Right. And so if your friends have the ability, like, and they see you making these, like, see the same cycle happening in your life. They have the ability to say, okay, hold up. Here's the mirror, Joe. Like, I want you to look at this and I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Here's what I'm seeing. And 
for you, so the first step for you is that awareness, that awareness of you're taking yourself through that cycle, that awareness of that thought process. So for me, it was, you know, I, I don't have the time to run these businesses. You know, it's like, I can't, I can't shine and like kick ass in myself and support someone. Because if I'm doing really great, it takes away from the support and the empathy I can feel for someone. That was a really big one for me. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa, where did that come from? And so then once awareness is step one, so whether it's therapy, whether it's through, you just keep, even if you keep noticing the similar trend, like why does, here's the thing, Frick, why does this keep happening to me? Mm-hmm. The, when, they, when you say that word, you're like this again, like why does this keep happening to me? that's, that's a flag. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's the flag to like step back and say, okay, if I'm, if it's the same trend in the same pattern over and over again, like there's, I'm the recurrent theme, (laughs) like, let's just dig. And that's not to say there's anything wrong. That's not to say there's anything bad about the person, but there's something to explore. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think sometimes when you're exploring, when you're going down that path of exploring those limiting beliefs and exploring those things, it can be some of the most courageous work you do as a human. Yeah, no, and it makes sense because you said a lot there with it. I think, like you said, having mentors is great. Being in a room of people you trust because you had to establish trust first and having them, I think even in the beginning, it's like you're just in the room and you're seeing the low of like, crap, I need to get better. Crap, they're doing this, why not? But then you said something that clicked really like it's like smack me here it's like i can't shine here because how's it going to affect it here but we have to get to the point to accept that it's okay if we shine which is hard for a lot of us to do i think i think it's it's hard for a ton of us to do right it's like go because and i actually had this conversation with someone recently um and we got onto because this is such a big topic i think for so many of us in so many different fields Um, And she had shared that for her, um, she, same thing, like finds it hard to shine her light because the people, because she's come up from a a place of really hardship in her life. And those people, she doesn't want to take away from the hardship of where she came from. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but let's look at this differently you came from this place of hardship and you worked your ass off Yeah. where you are today, shining as big and brightly, that is an inspiration and of what could be to the people that are still where you were. Mm -hmm. And so like just having that ability to have someone to help you reframe that limiting belief. And so that's step one is identifying like awareness and identifying it. And then finding a way to reframe it and then find evidence to support the reframing. Because what we tend to do is to find evidence to support why we should stay where we are. We do, we do. And it's, we need to do the opposite. So reframing it to like with her, it was, you can shine big and bright because you've done the work, you busted your ass and you are now changing people's lives and you are an inspiration to where you, to the people who are still home where you came from to be where you are today, like step into that and own that because that's powerful and that's special. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because like, I see that pattern in what I do. 
and what, mm -hmm. what I've been doing because I grew up in the country in rural Michigan where you're supposed to go work at a factory and you're supposed to go do this one thing and you don't change and like to the point where now I'm like the number one person for my corporate job with mm -hmm. sales. I'm training people. I'm doing sales and stuff. And then sometimes I'm like, well, it's not that big of a thing. It's really a big thing, but because it's natural gifting to me now and I've done the work, I don't always see it that way. And then that whole, well, you're not supposed to brag. It's not bragging. I want to help people and just walking through that. So you reframe that made me think about that a little bit more. Yeah. And I think we all, we, I think we live in this place a little bit, Joe, too, where for some reason, or at least we've been taught that if we want to share our accomplishments, that's bragging. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? Like I, I had a coach, so, and he'd been my coach for a couple months, if not longer, to be honest. Um, and we were in conversation one day and I, I had mentioned, I said, I had mentioned, so I won Entrepreneur of the Year for Canada in 2017. Oh, nice. Um, and it came up in conversation and he was just like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, oh yeah. And I like said, and he's like, and then I spewed off a bunch of other stuff about, around that time frame. And he's like, how, he's like, how have you never told me this? And I was like, because I also, it's that mix of, you know, in the context of our relationship, it wasn't relevant. Yeah. Um, but I also think there needs to be, there's a time we also need to not feel like we're that we can't share those things mm -hmm. right and so in terms of like that shining your light shine your light you are an amazing person in your company the skills you have and like you said it's a gift to you like it comes very naturally shine bright my friends because in you doing that you're just going to continue to inspire those up-and-coming people that you're training yeah it, i think it's just getting past like you said that limiting belief that thought process of no, I can't do that. I can. It's okay. Cause it's, it really comes down to my mind. Where's your heart with it? Cause people mm -hmm. you know they're genuine. If I was just saying, Oh, look at me. I did this, this, and this thing. Like, yeah, you're full of shit. If I'm like, Hey, look, I did this. You can too. Now it just reframes. And then it gets them, like you said, that encouragement. And I think that's the balance, at least and in I, my mind. Yeah. And it comes back to because I know you, I mean, and I know we're just getting to know each other, but the people that I know we both surround ourselves with, um, we're in this to serve and make an impact yeah. money. It's great. It's the byproduct mm -hmm. of our service. We go into a conversation or we go into an offer or we go into arrangement not to make money. We go into this place to make a change, to make an impact, to impart value on someone's life. And the difference is that in doing that and the change that you help them with, the byproduct is you make money. That's not a bad thing. That was a um, good thing. And it's a good thing. But I think it comes back to you, like you show up and you serve. And so to like, to your very original question of, you know, the whole podcast, like what can entrepreneurs do if they're feeling a little bit like, or like, I don't really know. What is your heart what in your heart brought you to where you are? And who is it? What lights you up? Who is it that you were trying to serve? And just pour into them. Mm -hmm. You know, I was going through last year I've shared before was it was a pretty tumultuous year, like just with my anxiety flared up and I'm APTC and all that lovely stuff. And there were days where like 
sitting in that fog was pretty consistent. <laughs> yeah. um, and days where I didn't want to do anything, but I had committed to, you know, doing an Instagram live, or I had committed to going into someone else's group to do a group coaching call. Um, and when I commit to something or when I make an appointment, like I show up. Yeah. Um, and in that moment, it was, you know, I don't know what my next step's going to be. I don't know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, but I know right now, right here, right now at this moment, I need to serve. Yeah. And I would show up and I would pour my heart and I love nothing more than showing up speaking and giving value. And I would get off that call and my mood would be about a hundred times better. And then I would go sit and all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, well, here we go. Mm -hmm. And then there's that clarity or there's that step. So if you're finding, I was like, if you're finding yourself in this place of like, yeah, just serve, just serve because serving will, it like, it will open the door. It will help you gain that clarity if you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, I love that. that. That's really like when we, and I don't know if I told you this before. Um, I think I mentioned on here a couple of times. It's the whole reason I have the podcast because <laughs> you can only go on so many trips. I really don't care about cars. And making money is great. Well, you can't really breathe until you get to a certain point where you don't have the pressures of living hand to foot, you know, or hand to mouth, or whatever they call that term, paying bills each week by what you're barely making. So if I can help people get to that point where they can just go and maybe go to Disney, maybe that's your thing, or do whatever, that, that's how I have to reframe it. But I do that with sales too. Like I, I get, my boss gets mad at me sometimes. Well, he doesn't really get mad, but like I'll refer people if I can't help them, to someone else that can help mm-hmm. them. It comes back to you. And that's just a little oh. self-tip for anyone. It comes back. If you can't Always. help them and you refer them, now you have relationship. Now it's set up. You're good because now you didn't just try and take, you gave first, just like you said. Yeah. We talk about that in the therapy world all the time too. I love it. I love that you do it in the sales world. Uh, in the therapy world, it's if someone comes to my clinic to work with me and I can't help you, I'm going to tell you, I can't help you. Yep. And then I'm going to say, but let's see who we can help find you with. And I'm going to connect you to that person. Yeah. But, and that's why it's weird because in the sales world is flashy and I'm going to make you millions and do all this stuff. And people get so confused with what real sales is. Sales is just problem solving and helping people. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that's what I I've been that. trying to tell coaches. Cause like, I think a lot of entrepreneurs fall into the other ones if they're not in sales and tell me if you think I'm wrong here, but they'll, have a gift or something that they can give and do, but they don't feel enough value of charging for it or giving a price for it. But if they can reframe it to I'm helping, now it's not an issue. You're not being a sleazy salesman. And I don't really like that term, but people get that thought in their head, sleazy salesman uh, or whatever. No, you know, do you know what's hilarious is, so I think back to the beginning of COVID, you've like totally nailed this on the head, um, the beginning of COVID. So I, the reason I won that award for Canada is because I was one of the first clinics in the country to offer virtual services. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we had to shut our clinic doors down in 2020, right? So my clinic had to close for almost three months. Um, I was set up to just flip my clients to virtual care. And I had reached out to a coach. I had been talking to my coach and we were just having a casual conversation. And I was like, oh, I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm in a, a bit of a better situation than a lot of my colleagues in terms of because I was like, we had, did, weren't ordered to close our doors yet, but the writing was on the wall. And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I just said, well, I already do virtual care. I've been doing it for three years. Nice. And he was just like, Natasha, he's like, 
you need to teach other people how to do this. Yeah. And it, like, it was just with what you said, because my first response was, well, can I just do a free webinar and do it that way? And he was like, no, because people assign more value as well when something is not just handed to them. Yeah. When, we see this over and over that. and over again, right? And so I, uncomfortable. <laughs> and I didn't charge, like, I did not charge a lot of money for it. But like, I went in, so I decided I needed to charge something. Right. Um, and I knew people were stressed and I knew there was a lot, but I also knew I had something to give that could A, save people's businesses who were terrified and had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. And B, in helping those people keep their doors open, thousands of people still got their healthcare. Yeah, which is perfect. That course went on and made $90,000 in three weeks. Wow. Like, it was insane. And then I like did, a, did it a bit more and then I, I no longer offer it because there's other people that have, but because there's other people that have stepped into that space that are doing an amazing job and mm-hmm. concussion and all that stuff is my heart. So, yeah. um, but at that, in that season, I had this, like you said, like the, I had this gift and this skill and this talent that I could offer someone. But my first instinct was, well, shouldn't I just give it away then? But and that's the thing I deal with this. Here's the crazy thing. Oh, George, I bet. Yeah. George busted me on it because like I make, like literally I make millions of dollars for my company that I work for, like hands down millions each year when i go to do my courses and my stuff I'm like I, I underprice it and it's just like this block and i'm like wait a minute I totally get it i have this skill set i can do this stuff i could possibly triple their income why am i tripping out on this and i think it's because we want to make sure we we want to make sure we're genuine and we're truly caring for them but for lack of better terms, you should get paid for what you're giving. You you are worth what you're giving, which is, I think, a huge roadblock. Like we could probably I, talk. I about would I would challenge uh, I would challenge that we both have some limiting beliefs around money. We we do we do because it's crazy. <laughs> like I make, and here's the crazy thing. So like I make really good money with my sales job, but it's there's it there's still that block. There's yeah. that block of I still see myself sometimes as that country kid in that little rural town and this is all you do and it it's stupid because like i'm aware of it but there's still sometimes it just raises his hand and says hey yeah do you know what i love about this conversation is i think and we saw in montana too is we feel like in the entrepreneurship space because there is so much that we do solo i think in the entrepreneurship space um that like this is vulnerable conversation in Mm -hmm. the sense of like oh um and we get scared to admit it out loud to someone else um and so for anyone who's listening and like tuning in like know that we all freaking think it yeah even like the people who are our coaches who are my coaches making multi-million dollars a year they still fucking think it yep it never goes away but you learn how to move through it to then use it as your fuel to do better and to be better. And to, again, you, if you're in this space, you're here to serve from your heart and make that impact and know that it's like, it's going to work itself out. Yeah. But like, we all think it. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Like I was just, again, we were talking it clicks in my head. Like I do this and I teach people not to do what I'm doing. Like I know. It's so crazy. No, you're worth it. I've talked to people all day like, yeah, on the 6,000 for that 
are you really going to charge that much? You should charge more. It's going to bring X, Y, Z. But when it comes to me, it's just, it's, it's wild. It's yeah, just, well, and think too, it was when Jordo, when Jordo talked to us, like, so from Drop Funnels was talking to us about offers. And he's, when he flat out said, he's like, when he looks at people's offers, the majority of people undercharge. Yeah. And because I think too, there's a lot of us that are still, especially coming from a physical therapy background where um, physical therapy is a fee for service business. Mm -hmm. So you are paid by the hour. And in a lot of the way the world's moving today, which I love is like, you don't get paid on the hour, you're paid on the transformation. So if your program can help someone in three months, triple their income, why are you only charging $2,000 for that? Yeah. It's, it doesn't make sense. Right. But it's, it is a def, especially people new, I think new to the entrepreneurship world and people who come more from, I don't know, from, I speak for myself, like hourly wage fee for service place. Like that was a really hard thing to start to wrap my head around. So. Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. Well, let's do this. Tell people where they can find you. Cause again, I always put this in the middle. I don't like it at the end, but like, where can we find you and what you do? Yeah. So I'm the two places, three places. So Instagram is always the best. So it's my Instagram is at Natasha.wilch. Um, and you can follow, you can DM me, feel free to send me. I respond to everybody. Um, and then the other place would be my website, which is just Natasha, uh, www.natashawilch.com. And that shares more about my speaking. And if you want to come work with me intensely, if you know, like have a concussion and then some of my virtual services too. So, yeah. Awesome. No, I like that. So here's my next question. You spoke in Montana. You killed it. I thought it was amazing. Thank you. Are you looking to get into doing more speaking or is yes. that cool? I, you know, nothing fires there's lots of things that fire me up is the speaking is one of those things that has always like it lights a fire in my gut, like no tomorrow mm-hmm. to be able to stand on that stage or in the front of a room, um, and connect with you and share my knowledge to pour into you and give that value for then that to make a shift in your life. Like that's huge. Like that fires me up to like nothing. Yeah. No, no, I'm with you. Like when I do the trainings online, when I do group trainings, whatever, that whole, it, I think it's just, we, we create impact because once the, and this just goes back to how my mind thinks, once the money's fixed, you can actually start to really live and then you can actually start to dream. And then you can say, like you said, this fires me up. This lights me up. Well, you can't get lit up if you're so afraid and just stuck in what you're doing. So yeah, no, I love that. And it's this piece of two is I'm, you know, I'm super blessed in the sense that, so I own a brick and mortar clinic mm-hmm. um, in Nanaimo, British Columbia, for anyone who has a concussion and wants to come get some rehab. Um, and I get clients from all over North America that come fly in and work with me. And I love it. So I do what's called an intensive model. So I work one week a month um, intensively with clients and then they leave and they have some follow-up virtual care with me. Um, but I also have a team and I'm super blessed because I have an amazing team that we've built and they're great at what they do. So I get to do my intensive weeks the way I love. Mm-hmm. And then my team also works. Um, so it gives me that freedom to step back a little bit to do some of these other things that really fire me up. And 
I, I, I think, I mean, you're someone like that multi-passionate piece of like, I, I need to do more than one thing. Yeah. And so it's like, I get to treat and work with clients and make life-changing like pieces, like steps in their concussion recovery. I get to, I'm launching and starting my new program in the new year for providers to help them evolve into this like kick ass concussion clinician. My biggest question I get asked all the time is how can we clone you? concussion nerds yeah. so it's, my new business is called concussion nerds I'm oh so nice stoked, right nice. I'm so stoked um I am going to like I'm holding nothing back like I am pouring every ounce of what I know into this community to create this amazing space of concussion space healing space for providers I get to do that and then with doing that and now I get to start like I get to start and speak more and so I've created this ability to I love everything that I get to do. It mm-hmm. was not always that way. Right. And yeah, I had to grind a bit in the beginning, but I always knew, and so we talk about too, I always knew where I was striving to be, right? So having that vision, you know, like what are you trying to, where are you trying to go? What is that, what does life look like? like if you could tangibly close your eyes, and envision what your life looks like, then you don't need to know every step of how to get there, but you know what you're aspiring for. And so if you are something like, if I were to say to you, Joe, Joe, what's your vision? What are you, like, what are you, what is that big thing? And it's like, if what you're doing isn't in alignment of that path, then why are you doing it? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I think a lot of people get stuck in what they're doing and it's not really them. It's not what they want to do. It's just, they feel they're stuck there. And I think us as entrepreneurs are the ones we get them unstuck. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's definitely times where we need to do stuff that we don't love. Um, But you know, it's, I think as a society too, it's, I was a doer, Mm -hmm. right? So you start to realize you're doing A, B, C, and D. And then when you step back and you're like, okay, here's my vision. C and D don't fit with that. Actually, it's pulling me away from being able to do more of A and B, which would get me there. I think sometimes we forget to take that reflective step back to zone out to make sure, okay. And I think too, or I'm guilty of it, is when you start to get momentum in your new business, mm-hmm. it's really exciting to be like, oh my gosh, I can do this and I can do this and yeah. I can do this and I yeah. can do this and I can do this. Guilty, hands down guilty. And that's that moment to then step back to be like, you could, but should, but should you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm in that stage right now. I have this last couple of weeks have been that way from trainings to podcasts, to coaches, to like the whole nine yards. Like I've, I know I can generate and get stuff moving because I'm really good at that, but I want to make sure it sticks to what is it I'm trying to accomplish. And I think that goes back to, like you said, surrounding yourself with the right people, having the coaches, and then taking those moments in time, that breath, that space, that stillness practice, whatever it is to get you there. Like I do acupuncture. That makes me be still. And Mm -hmm. at first I didn't know if I like it because I don't like needles, but I love acupuncture. Like I love it. I do. I can do acupuncture. It can be pretty powerful. Yeah. It's pretty fun. So last question for you. Um, What other pieces of advice, wisdom, anything else you want to share with my audience? I feel like I've poured a lot out. You, um, have. you, you know, my fine. biggest thing always is 
when we're in the, when we're in the so would you say most people listening here we're in our in the newbie stage right they're building yeah. the yeah. yeah it's not going to be a linear path right i think when we start a business we have these dreams of like i'm going to especially in the world today we see everyone's wins all the time yeah and that's all we see I've launched, I don't know how many offers or workshops that flopped flat on their fucking faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is where I think it's so important to, if you haven't already done it, take a moment to anchor into what is my vision. And it doesn't need to know that that vision might change it and will. that's okay. And it will, it'll shift it, it'll evolve, but like ultimately, and what are you trying? Like, what is that thing? Because you also need to understand that it is not going to be a straight path there. There are going to be bumps. There are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be detours. And so along the way of where you are today to reaching this place that if you can see it, you can make it happen. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. You need to find the little wins to celebrate along the way. My concussion clients, I make them. I just started, I actually just started giving them, but I make them put a wins poster up. Oh, nice. In their house, in a place that they're going to see every single day because a concussion recovery is a fucking roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And it'll be up and down and two steps forward and six steps back. And it is a journey of grit and resilience. So is entrepreneurship. Yeah. And so I make them, why well, I, I say I make them, I ask them right. very like firmly. <laughs> To say, when you have a win, write it on that poster. Because in those moments when you're like, I hate my life, or why am I doing this? Or I've gotten nowhere. You can look at that poster and be reminded of everything you have achieved because you started here mm-hmm. and now you're here. Yeah. This sometimes looks so far away. So you need to celebrate that path. So never give up hope. Stay true to what your vision is and celebrate the wins along the way. That is awesome. Thank you again, Natasha, for being on the show. You have brought a ton of value and fire. And everyone just listening, thank you again uh, for being here. Uh, If you get a chance, please go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you are. Share this episode with a friend, anyone that you think could get value of it. Give us comments, likes. That's how we get in the algorithm. I appreciate each and every one of you. And until next time, be legendary. Have a great day, guys.